you look at the transgenderism, and you look at all the different craziness that's going on in our country right now, and you can't help but know that we're in the end times, and it's obvious uh, that we are. And these are, this is, you're only going to get like a little fraction of the series. It's a four-part series that I do and that I'm looking on right now uh, as far as the signs of the coming Antichrist. And three parts of this, and then the last part are going to be seven reasons why I don't believe that we're going to go through the tribulation. And it has a lot to do with the Jewishness of our Gospels and the, the focus on the Jewish people. So with that, I'm not going to get into any more of that tonight. But you can follow. You can go to Spotify uh, and follow my podcast and it's a, it's a shameless plug, I, I admit. Uh, but it's called Biblical Insights with Pastor Pat. And it's just a podcast that I do. And it's a weekly podcast that I discuss stuff like this and the Jewishness of our faith and the Jewishness of, our, of the Gospels. And I believe, obviously, this was wrote to Jews by Jews, initially for Jews. It, it's a Jew, they're Jewish writers. So when you look at it, it's a... Uh, you got to, I think, my opinion, and everything I'm stating is, is my feeling and my belief that when you read it, you have to have a look at it through a first century Jewish mindset. And you can understand, I think, especially the book of Matthew, because it's like the most Jewish of uh, uh, the Gospels. So I, I look at it through a Jewish mindset, knowing who his audience is. And so that is kind of like my focus. So. Anyways, tonight we're going to look at the signs of the, of the coming Antichrist. Uh, let's go to Word in Prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for the time that we have. And Lord, thank you for just, just coming out on a Sunday evening just to learn a little bit more about you. And this is just going to be a casual time, Lord, that we can just, like I said, open the book, open your book, and learn a little bit about uh, what you say about end-time events. Uh, I believe that eschatology that is really important, that we need to focus on, that we need to look at, uh, because a quarter to 30% of the Bible is prophetic, and Jesus wouldn't let us sit there not knowing he is going to show us signs and give us signs and seasons to look at happening in the world. I think it's the batteries are going dead. Do you want to grab me a couple batteries? Uh, thank you, Lord, again, for the opportunity just to share a little bit more with you and share your word with my friends and my family. Uh, and Lord, open up our hearts and minds to your truth. And if I am wrong, Lord, uh, again, show me, show me in your word that uh, what I might be teaching or something that is incorrect. Uh, and Lord, I am open to your truth and not the, just the wisdom of man. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. They're, they're doubles. This, yeah, just double A's. Yeah, they're in my desk. No, uh, underneath uh, my little computer. It's like the second drawer down. Anyways, it's working right now. Keep going over the other side. Anyways, all right. So uh, I'm going to go until the it dies. Anyways, so obviously the subject, we look at perilous times. These are just some of the references that you can look at. Perilous times, the last days, the rapture, the second coming, tribulation period. That's what we're going to be focusing on is mainly what's what you see in the tribulation period. So uh, 
we're going to look at Thessalonians, Second uh, Thessalonians, chapter two, verses one, uh, one through twelve. So, give me a second while I change the batteries. I'm going to turn it off. All right, is that working? Awesome, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, again. All right, so I'm reading out of the, there's a couple of scriptures that I'm reading out of the New King James, but the majority is out, the majority of it is out of the ESV. So if you're reading in your Bible, it'll be a little bit different. So like I said, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 12. And this is like the main, I look at it like the main uh, portion of scripture that talks about the Antichrist. And there's a lot of information in there and it's, it's just packed with a really a lot of cool stuff. So now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> and our being gathered together with him, we ask you brothers, all right, come on, uh, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by the spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, meaning a teaching to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion, rebellion, or in the New King James it calls, is called the falling away, comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, or it's also called the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God and or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God. And we see that halfway through the tribulation period where the Antichrist will come and the temple in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God. And that's when, pardon my expression, all hell breaks loose. Uh, Like I said, proclaiming himself to be God. Verse 5. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I, hold, uh, I told you these things? That reference is he wrote a, this, he wrote a letter, First, uh, first Thessalonians. In between First and Second Thessalonians, there was rumors like, and stuff. So he's correcting what was going on in First Thessalonians and saying, hey, don't you remember what I taught you? And he's referring back to the first letter first, uh, to the Thessalonians. Excuse me. And you know that, it, and you know what is restraining him, meaning uh, Satan or the Antichrist, restraining him now so that he, he may be revealed in his time. It's talking about the Antichrist. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Is the mystery of lawlessness at work right now? You can see it during, during the former president's uh, pretty much his entire. For years, you see the BLM, the riots, the mostly peaceful riots where you have cities burning behind you and stuff like that, but they were mostly peaceful. So you see lawlessness happening right, uh, right now, and it's progressively getting worse. And so are we in those times? We are definitely in those times right now. Only he who now restrains, who is that? Who is he talking about? He who now restrains. It's talking about the Holy Spirit is the one. He is the restrainer. And that's going to be on another topic, so I'm not even going to touch that right now. Uh, so he who now restrains, it will do so until he is out of the way. Verse 8. And then the lawless, <clears throat> excuse me, then the lawless one will be revealed, meaning the Antichrist, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth 
and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. That's at the second coming at the end of the seven years. We agree on that. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan, meaning he will uh, embody the, the Antichrist, just like he did with Judas. He will embody him uh, and give him power. The activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. And I want to stop there for a second when it says, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. Okay? Because they refuse. Who are they? This is Paul speaking to the church in Thessalonica. And he's talking about the deception for those who are perishing. Who are those? He's not talking about the church. He's not talking to the people that are in the church. He's talking to the people outside the church. Those people who are perishing. And because they refuse to love or refuse to love the truth and so to be saved. So what he's referring to right there, he's not talking to the believer. He's, well, he's talking to the believers, but he's referring to the people outside of faith. Okay, therefore God sends them, again, sends who? Sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay. Do we see that happening today? Do they see, do we see people taking pleasure in unrighteousness? Absolutely. We see it right now. And so it's funny, my wife and I were taking, we're doing a lot of this studying on, on end times and stuff like that. You can get some wackadoodles out there. I'm just saying some of these weird things on YouTube, like next Next, because there's some like crazy stuff out there. Uh, but so you asked me, okay? So someone who holds a, a pre-trib, uh, a, a rapture uh, stance, belief, why am I teaching on this? Why am I so interested in this? Because for one, I can guarantee every single one of us, excuse me, has friends, family, and stuff like that who are not believers, okay? I guarantee it, okay? Unless you are someone, I don't know, I can't even imagine anyone who would have people that aren't believers, okay? I mean, my entire family is pretty much unbelievable. Not my wife and stuff, but my family. My, they don't. They live under crazy. They would right there, they take pleasure in unrighteousness. So this message would be perfect for them. So it's kind of warning people. Uh, we warned a family member the other day. It's like, whatever happens, and we were kind of joking, when the rapture happens, do not take the mark. <laughs> Just don't take it. Okay, I don't care what John MacArthur says. I'm not talking about John McCarthy, who sits in the front row. I'm talking about John MacArthur, who says that you can take the, you can take the mark and still be saved. Okay, and when I heard him say that, I was like floored. I'm like, really? And I had to rewind it, watch it again. He actually said that. So you can't. If you take the mark, you're, done, you're toast. Okay? Uh, so anyways. So... It is my understanding, it's an, I think it's an accurate understanding that scripture teaches regarding the coming leader who will appear uh, to be the answer uh, to all human government. He'll, he'll be the, uh, like when the former president, uh, Obama, when he was in office, he was very charismatic. You got to admit, he was very charismatic. 
And if I just didn't detest his viewpoints and stuff, I mean, he, he was, I mean, listening to him, he was, he wasn't a bad guy. I, uh, because he was, he was very charismatic. But imagine that times a thousand when every world leader is going to uh, just bow at his feet and stuff. But this is the deceiver. He is the, the most, I can't put it in words, but uh, he will be the most fantastic political uh, figure that the world has ever seen. So, kind of a background on this. I believe the first Thessalonians is kind of talking about the, the rapture and stuff. Second Thessalonians talking about the second coming. I truly believe that they're two separate events. And if I'm wrong, I, like Pastor Phil has said, if I'm wrong, be prepared to go through all this garbage. Okay. Cause I believe the first half and the second half, the second half is a great tribulation. You've got, like I said, all hell breaks loose when, when the antichrist declares himself to be God. But I don't think the first half is going to be roses and peaches and cream either. Okay, we're talking uh, one world government, one world currency, one world religion, uh, no buying and selling without the more. I mean, there's a lot of still bad stuff, especially for the, uh, for the individuals that are left here. I also believe that that time period is focused on the Jews, on the Jewish people. Uh, and we can disagree on this and we can have discussions on this and that's fine. That is my belief based on Daniel 9, Daniel chapter, was it chapter 9? I want to say verse uh, like 24 through 27, talking about the Daniel 70 weeks, okay? The prophecy about 70 weeks, okay? That was a punishment in a sense, if I'm using the right word, on the Jewish people, okay? For 70 weeks, obviously each week is like 483 years. That was for the Jews, okay? Well, 69 weeks have already happened, okay? So we're waiting on that last week. If the first... 69 weeks were focused directly towards the Jewish people. Why is the last week not? To me, that doesn't make sense. And if someone has answers to that, why it's like that, I'm open to it. But if the first 79 uh, looked like a duck, why wouldn't the 70th one look like a duck also? So, and that's just, I'm not, make, I'm not being facetious, but it's just, to me, that just makes sense. Uh, so when we look at it, uh, so we look at, for what reason? For us to look at things that the Bible speaks about regarding the last days is actually to prepare us, okay? For the preemptive appearing of Jesus Christ to remove the church prior to the tribulation. And that's why I'm not going to really try, I'm trying not to focus on the pre-trib factor of it. But to me, that's what sets the prophetic clock at the very beginning of the seven years, okay? I do believe that... Once that happens, there will be a little seven-year period. Again, referring back to Daniel chapter 9, the last 70th week. That has to be fulfilled. Because God said for 70 weeks, there's judgment on Israel for 70 weeks. So he's, if he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So if 69 has already happened, why would he not fulfill, if you can say it, his promise? Or his word saying that he's going to punish them for 70 years. <clears throat> so anyways, so this is to preemptively appear or to look at and see what's happening. So uh, regarding this man,
human being, we call the Antichrist. Okay, there are over 100 passages in, of Scripture that either directly, uh, that address him directly or refer to him as being one who stands uh, for, or stands in for uh, Jesus Christ at the last day or uh, the Antichrist. There are also many other scripture references that add to the actions and characteristics of this man. So one of the ones I want to look at right now is uh, the signs of the coming Antichrist, signs that, that were in the end. First uh, John, let me see, it's not working. Okay. First John uh, 1, 2, uh, 18. And it says, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now know Antichrist, plural, have come. Therefore, we know that this is the last hour. Do we have that Antichrist spirit right now? Absolutely. It's called woke theology. Okay? We have a lot of these churches that are teaching this kind of garbage. Uh, they deny the Trinity. They deny, and we'll look at some of the other scriptures. Anyone who denies that the Trinity, denies that he is, that Christ, that Jesus, Yeshua, comes from God, that is an Antichrist spirit. He is not the Antichrist, but is an Antichrist spirit. Uh, next. So John, First uh, John 2.22. I have a lot of scripture, so it's going to be, I'll kind of go kind of fast. Uh who is the liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. Okay? So obviously it's this Antichrist spirit. Next we're going to look at 1 John 4, 3. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. It's like we're supposed to test all spirits. We're supposed to test things. Uh, is it of God? Is it not of God? So everything we do, we need to test the spirit. We need to, even if whoever's standing up here or we're like watching YouTube or, or whatever, I mean, if I had the chance, I would have had stock on YouTube a long time ago and we'd be millionaires right now as much YouTube as we watch. Uh, but still, you've got you've to discern it. You've got to know, listen, know your Bible. If you're not in it, how can you defend it? when you're watching it on TV or whatever, or any of the, the pastors you have to go so and, and listen to, you have to know the scripture in order to defend against it and have discernment. Uh, it's called apologetics. And we have a master apologetics over there. So anyways, every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And we know that. Okay. 2 John 1, 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Do we see that again, all this? Do we see that going on right now amongst our churches? We see this in uh, mainstream Christianity. We thought that we're like orthodox, or not orthodox, but uh, evangelical leaders. We have an individual... Uh, that his father had just passed away, Charles Stanley, who said, you can take this, the Old Testament, and put it on a shelf. We don't need it anymore. Andy Stanley has actually said that. We don't need the Old Testament. Okay? So put it on the Old Testament. Just put it on your shelf. You don't need it. Okay? 
that is, uh, how do I say it? That's horrifying. Because without the Old Testament, we don't have a New Testament. Okay? We just don't. Because everything in the Old Testament points forward to the New Testament. So without that, we don't have a, we don't have a Bible if we don't have the Old Testament. So, anyways, so uh, if you're not confessing Jesus in his state, Jesus was a Jew. He didn't like after he resurrected and all that. He didn't become a Christian. He's he's a Jew, and he's still sitting at the right hand of the Father as a Jew. He didn't change. So to get rid of his Jewish heritage, his upbringing, his belief, his culture, is to get rid of him personally. Again, this is just my opinion. Okay, again, signs of the coming Antichrist. Excuse me. So, come on. Okay, so we see that the Antichrist is revealed in Scripture as the beast. Okay? Revelation 11, 7. Okay, Am I looking at the right one? Oh, I think I hit the wrong one. Nope, I must have missed one. Okay. Oh, I missed. Anyway, Revelation eleven seven. Let me. Forgot to put it in there. It's no big deal. I'll just read it for you. Revelation eleven seven. And when they had finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. Who's he talking about them? He's talking about the two witnesses. He's talking about Elijah uh, and, let me see. He's talking about Elijah and Moses as the two witnesses. And the beast that it descends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And if you look at it as far as in Revelation, uh, when it talks about the two witnesses, it's kind of interesting because it gives you a description that Elijah closed up the waters in heaven uh, and created a drought. And then Moses uh, turned water into blood. So it gives you a description of the two. doesn't name them by name, but he gives you a description of the two witnesses. And those are the, the two witnesses uh, that will be speaking out. And they're Jewish witnesses, okay? And where are they speaking out? In Jerusalem at the new temple that's going to be built. Again, you can, my focus, and you can see my, my thing, I, I truly believe that the seven years is focused on the Jewish nation to fulfill that 70th week. And that is the theme. For me, that is kind of like the theme that goes through the whole thing, this whole uh, series that I'm doing. So we know those two right there. So we know that the beast, so we know the Antichrist is known as the beast. So Revelation, uh, let's see. Where am I? I have no idea where I'm at. I know that. No, something, it's messing, my, it's just messing up on me. All right, so Revelation, let's just do that. Okay, so uh, I think in Revelation 13, 1 through 4. Okay. And these are the two olive trees. Okay, then I stood, and the beast rose, and I was a leopard. Here, let me just do this real quick. For some reason, I think I got them out of order. Does it show you right there, Revelation 11, 
11.7 on the screen. 1 through 4. Okay. Am I on that right now? I th- huh? Yeah. I think what happened, I hit it. I hit it wrong. There it is. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Then I, John, mean, when, uh, when he says I, means John, uh, saw a beast rise out of the sea. When you see, in, like in Revelation, when you see the sea, it talks about humanity, people, nations, and stuff like that, not actual water. Then I saw it rising out of the sea with 10 horns and seven heads and 10 diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on his head. And the beast I saw was like a leopard. Its feet was like, uh, were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Verse 3, one of his heads seemed to have had a mortal wound, but his mortal wound was healed, and the whole world marveled as they followed the beast. Verse 4, Kevin. And they worshiped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast who can fight against him? So, or against it, meaning the beast. Uh, again, the references to the dragon, to Satan. All this is, is like I said, the beast is going to come out of the people. I, I had this interesting theory. I'm not really holding to it, but people say the, the Antichrist is coming out of the revised Roman Empire. So it's a good theory. Not a lot of people hold to it. Uh, but if you look at the revised Roman Empire, you look at a map, you overlap a map, and it's, I did a, a paper on this, uh, the Islamic Antichrist, okay? So uh, it was kind of interesting as far as the study was, because they look at their, their, our Antichrist, and the characteristics of what we declare as the Antichrist is uh, Muslims, the, uh, their Mahdi, uh, the characteristics are really similar that their Messiah comes back and our Antichrist, our evil one, and their good guy, it's like they're wearing the same cape. So it's kind of interesting. And if you look at the map, overlaid map, where does the little horn come out of? And we won't get into this, but the little horn comes out of one of the kingdoms. At one time, it was part of the Roman Empire. So technically, if you say it came out of the revised Roman Empire, you would be correct by saying the Antichrist because that was part of the Roman Empire at one time. I don't hold to that. I just think it's a fun, interesting theory to kind of look at. Do I think the Jewish people would listen to a Muslim? Listen to Obama. But I mean, uh, I don't think he would. I don't know. I don't think he would. I think it would be more like someone uh, like Macron from France or something like that. But that's not him either. But my point is, and here's the interesting thought. Throughout time, and I don't know if anyone's ever thought of this. Throughout history and throughout time, there has always been an antichrist waiting in the wings. That someone that Satan could empower. Why is that? Because Satan doesn't know when Christ is coming back. Only God knows. So there's always been, throughout time, there's always been a figure that Satan could have used throughout the entire. Obviously, May 14, 1948 had to have happened before because that was a prophetic event. But obviously, I think throughout history, there's always been someone that... Christ, or not, not Christ, but uh, Satan could have used as an antichrist in case, like in my case, the rapture happened or something like that. So there's always someone waiting in the wings. 
So I guess that's a better way to say it. So but that's just a little fun little tidbit of information. All right, so the little horn, uh, the Antichrist is also uh, revealed in Scripture and, and called the little horn. And that's in Daniel 7, who is this little horn? I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man speaking blasphemous things. So we know that uh, he's going to be a deceiver. He's going to be coming out of these individuals. And he's, he's going to have uh, blasphemous words, blaspheming the true God of the Bible. So another way is uh, his having this fierce countenance. Okay, so really it's Daniel 8.23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors, <clears throat> excuse me, transgressors have reached their limit, meaning uh, the maximum capacity to sin. Okay, so who are the transgressors? Evildoers have reached their fullness, meaning, uh, re- or reached their limit. That means their capacity of sin at the very end. Okay, a king shall arise. <clears throat> a king with bold faith, uh, one who understands riddles and shall arise. So it's interesting. So I looked up that word. Uh, in the Hebrew, the word fierce, it, it means it has that idea of having a strong, mighty, rough look or appearance, a brazen, intimidating presence. So we see what's going to happen. Uh, and it kind of gives you an idea. Again, why am I talking about the Antichrist when I don't think I'm going to be here? Uh, so you can see things in times and events and seasons in history. Okay, that's the reason. And again, to share with our loved ones, when we see these things happening, which we are, we are seeing these things right now. Uh, I believe in the doctrine of eminence. It can happen at any moment. So with that, uh, if we have loved ones that are believers, this is the best time to share. This is the best time to go out there and at least plant the seed. So he's also revealed as the willful king. Okay, Daniel eleven thirty six. Then the king, meaning that the horn, uh, shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak astonishing things against the God of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished for what is decreed shall be done. So uh, read in the New King James, it says, then the king shall do according to his will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every God and shall speak blasphemies against God. Uh, Just a description of what's going on. Okay, so idle and the worthless shepherd. Okay, woe to the worthless or idle shepherd uh, who deserts the flock. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be wholly withered and his right eye utterly blinded. Now, some people say that this is a reference to that mortal head wound, that uh, that's going to befall the Antichrist and be uh, uh, 
miraculously healed and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I kind of look at it as like it's possible, uh, but I'm not dogmatic on that. Okay, so this is a good moment to look at uh, the worthless or idle shepherd is one who sits in or assumes the place of, we believe, is the worthy shepherd, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, and he is constantly working. So anti, so the Antichrist, so anti in the Greek, it means one who opposes Christ by mimicking Christ and imposture Christ. The, uh, the instead of Christ, uh, the substitute Christ, or a stand-in. So what is, uh, in Catholicism, isn't uh, the Pope known as the vicar of Christ? And doesn't that mean in the stead of Okay, so it's, it's the same thing. He, it's through him. I'm not saying he's Antichrist, okay? I'm just saying that right now for all of you that's watching. I'm not saying that. But it's that same principle. He is, he's in the stead of uh, Christ. And then obviously, Christos in the Greek, the anointed one, Hebrew, the Messiah, the Mashiach, uh, the deliverer and salvation. So both he and, so right now, so he and his false prophet, Okay, together we'll perform miraculous signs and wonders for the world to see. I firmly believe that he will use the Bible, his word, uh, to justify his position cloaked in supernatural uh, deception. Again, do we see that going on today? Do we see the twisting of the scriptures? A band back from, I think they're from Jersey, Twisted Sister. Well, that that's like twisted scriptures. I mean, they will twist everything that they say and we see that, like I said, in the woke, uh, woke theology that we have going on right now. Uh, so the obviously quoting out of scripture or quoting out of context, deleting, adding words. Uh, look at uh, Jehovah Witness. Look at them. Uh, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word, they said, and, it became, and they add the word a, in the beginning was a God. Okay, you can't add that because I know there's a rule or whatever that says that, but you can't add it. So you're adding, so it's that spirit of Antichrist. And we, again, we see that going on right now. So we are to be in the scriptures, like Pastor Field said this morning, if you have scripture memorized and you're memorizing scripture and stuff like that, and you hear some Joe Blow off the street or on TV or whatever, and you hear them misquoted or out of context, you can like a little red flag, like your spidey sense goes off. It's like, whoa, that's not right. And you can actually uh, discern that what they're talking about. And that's when you use your little clicker and go click and change the station. Uh, you don't watch them anymore. <clears throat> so uh, the coming of the lawless one, let's see, Second Thessalonians 2.9, I believe. So we look at the twist of scripture, Okay, the coming of lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. So we know that he's going to be uh, embodied by uh, embodied by Satan, and he's the one that's going to be empowering him. Again, I don't believe I'll ever see him, but if I am, if I do, I, I hope I'm wrong, or I hope I'm right, and I hope someone else is wrong, but you got to be prepared. Either way you look at it, you got to be prepared to do and uh, just be prepared. Be in the word always. Jesus and his apostles worked all power, signs, and wonders. <clears throat> this Antichrist will be the replacement Christ to the Jews and to the Gentiles. Do you think, okay, so you've got the Jewish people right now. There's a gentleman, individual that's in 
uh, I had to talk, I forgot who I was talking to, it was last Sunday, uh, some guy, some young kid, whatever, uh, Orthodox Jewish person, they think they're like, oh, maybe, maybe this guy's the Messiah. And I said, well, one question. Uh, I don't believe that the Messiah had to come before the destruction of the temple, AD 70. The Messiah had to come before that. Well, why is that? I'm like, well, because all the records were destroyed in AD 70. Correct me if I'm wrong. But all the records, the genealogical records that could trace him back to David were destroyed in the temple in AD 70. So how do you trace your roots back? How can this individual trace them all the way back to David? And, and, and if he's in the line of David, I don't think you can. You can't do it. So the Messiah had to come prior to AD 70. So this guy, and you would think, but see, again, the Jews have, they've been blinded to the truth. So they don't see that. So obviously, that's why I'm saying all these people, these Orthodox Jews are kind of like falling at this guy's feet and they're, ooh, look at him. They're gathering around him, autographs. I want to touch him, elbows, stuff like that. It just lets you know that people are going to be deceived. But if we're in the Bible and we understand that, we're not going to be one of them that are going to be deceived. Matthew 24, we can look at, and I think uh, Michael and I, we've talked about Matthew 24 in one of our classes before, uh, the Wednesday evening. And Matthew 24 I, is a really good chapter. Read the entire cha- chapter. It's a really good chapter. Read, well, obviously read the whole Bible, but I like studying Matthew. Uh, but we'll look at Matthew 24, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 24 and 25. <clears throat> excuse me. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Verse 25. Told you this beforehand. Okay. I think we've gotten a discussion. I'm look, I look at this as signs and wonders. The elect, when we're talking about this, I believe that he's talking to the Jewish people. Will there be Gentiles saved in the... Uh, tribulation period? Absolutely, there will be. That's why they call them tribulation saints. It's my opinion. That's how I look at the scripture. And if I'm wrong, uh, correct me, please, if I'm wrong. Uh, But that's how I look at the context of Matthew 24. It's a Jewish context, so he's speaking to the Jewish people. So he is also revealed uh, in scripture as the son of perdition. I probably won't get through all this tonight. I'll let you guys go. Uh, John 17, verse 12. While I was with them, I kept them, in your, uh, kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, or uh, when you look at the New King James, the son of perdition, uh, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And we know who the son, that we're talking about Judas, they lost Judas. Uh, and because he was the one that was, he was the only other one that was embodied by Satan himself. Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 3, let no one deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless a rebellion comes first and the son of law or and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of de- destruction. Or like I said, in the King, New King James, the son of perdition. Uh, so the day of the Lord is a terrible time is when the Antichrist is revealed. There's some thought, and I hold to this thought, that the day of Christ, and we'll kind of um, hopefully get into it, the day of Christ is when the rapture happens, okay? And we'll look at it, we'll try to make it, and we'll look at some of these scriptures. The day of, 
the day of the Lord is judgment. So let me try to get to it really quick. So I want, that's important for me to say that. Okay, so the other thing is the day of Jacob's trouble. Okay, so what is the day of Jacob's trouble? It's talking about the 70th week. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. It's talking about the 70th week. What was another name for Jacob? Israel. Okay, so just replace that name. The day of Israel's trouble. Why would he refer to that? Why would he refer to the day of Israel's trouble? If he wasn't specifically referencing and addressing Israel. Okay, alas, uh, and this is verse 7. Where am I at? What scripture reference does that say on the screen? Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't have it on my notes. I apologize. I forgot to put it in there. Allow the day is great so that no one is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Okay. So I look at that, the Jacob's trouble, that that seven years uh, is referring to Israel. So uh, the rapture of the church, the day of the Lord. Okay. Jesus Christ initiates or starts the time known as the day of the Lord, which in turn triggers God's wrath on earth. I say God's wrath on earth is that seven years. I I do agree that three and a half months or yeah, three and a half years into it, in the middle of the tribulation period, when the Antichrist goes in the temple and declares himself to be God, it gets really bad. That's the, the great tribulation. But again, like I said at the very beginning, the very first three and a half years is not a cakewalk. Okay? I believe that there we'll, we will go through tribulation, trials and tribulations. The individuals that are here will go through that. Again, I look at it as uh, uh, the Jews. The Jews will be going through that. So, let me see. Where am I? Now, brethren, okay, now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Again, he's referring back to the first letter he wrote. It was like, hey, guys, you guys didn't miss it. Okay, that's why I'm having to write to you guys because some sometime in between the first and second letter, you had some Joe Schmoes in there like telling you that this happened. Well, that's not what happened. So he's having to write this to correct what the church was being told. So he's correcting some false uh, teachings. So we look at the scripture. Now, brethren, concerning the coming, talking about, to me, that's talking about the rapture of the church, the preacher of rapture, uh, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and are gathering together to him, again, not to be shaken, and talking about the teaching when he, when he goes by, or when he says, by the word or the by letter, he's referring to his letter that he wrote, as if from us, as though the teaching or the day of Christ had come. So he's basically saying, guys, it didn't happen, okay? Be safe, you're good, it didn't happen. So, First uh, Thessalonians uh, four sixteen and seventeen for the Lord Himself, uh, and we look at this differently. Okay, and I want to. I'm trying to be very respectful. Uh, Pastor Phil and other people have that post trib uh, uh, viewpoint and stance. Look at this scripture differently. Okay, so. 
The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. And I'm reading out, like I said, the New King James. Let me read it out of the New King James real fast. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Okay? And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so that, uh, and so we will always be with the Lord. Uh, I've had a lot of people say, because of my view and stuff like that, uh, that the word rapture is not in the church or not in the Bible and stuff like that. I'm like, I agree. So uh, neither is the word Trinity. Okay. Neither is the word grandfather. There's a lot of words that are not in there, but we definitely know that the, the, the concept and the systematic theology of the Trinity is there. Okay? Just because the word's not there, that's to me, that's not an argument saying that it's not true, that it didn't happen. Okay? Uh, try again. Uh, the other thing I want to look at, I want to go back, okay? And the trumpet, uh, voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet, a shofar, uh, I believe, uh, of God. Some people say that this trumpet right here is the seventh seal, the trumpet when the seventh seal in Revelation. I, I disagree. Because this trumpet is a gathering. Because what does it say? Because uh, he's, he's gathering his, his people. Okay? The trumpet that is in Revelation eleven fifteen is a declaration of uh, the, the kingdom. Declaring the kingdom. One is a gathering. One is a declaring. So I see those two as two different events. Or to me, those two are not the same events. Because if you look at the context of the scripture, one is a gathering of his people being caught up in the air. That's where we get the idea of the, the rapture being caught up. And the declaration in Revelation eleven fifteen is the declaration, that trumpet, the seventh trumpet. So I, I definitely see those two as two different events. At the moment of the rapture, uh, a clock, to me, looking at it, a clock will start ticking that commences, not the day of Christ, meaning the Messiah, because that had already happened, but the day of the Lord, meaning judgment. So let me paraphrase uh, the idea with uh, Thessalonians. Uh, Stop being deceived by false teachers as though they had come from us, because it didn't happen. The tribulation cannot begin without the Antichrist. Uh, the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is taken out of the way. Can't happen until the day of Christ happens. The day of Christ is the rapture itself. And after that, the day of the Lord will begin. Uh, that's when the tribulation period begins. Okay? The church has to be taken out of the way. A lot of people say that the restrainer, is, which is the Holy Spirit, has to be taken away. They say once the church is raptured out of the way, that the, re, the Holy Spirit, since we are embodied, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, we are, the Holy Spirit is, is restraining the, uh, the, Holy, or the, the evil Satan and stuff. Well, I disagree with that. That point of view, I think, is really wrong for one main reason is uh, third person of the Trinity is still omnipresent, right? So the Holy Spirit is everywhere. So just because us, if we get taken away, he's still everywhere, meaning he's still here on earth. So if you look at it, if I could use a football analogy, uh, your front line is the restrainer protecting the, the church or protecting the people, which is the quarterback, and the front line is holding them back, 
When the restrainer says, and he, and he stops restraining the evil power, he just kind of steps aside, kind of like they did with the, the, was it the Oakland Raiders quarterback? They just kind of like didn't really back him. They just kind of let him trash on the quarterback. <laughs> Anyways, that's the idea of the, uh, of the restrainer. Okay, it's not that he's taken out of the way, and then you got free reigns to, to nail the quarterback. He just kind of stands aside and lets him go by. That's the idea of the restrainer being taken out of the way. And once that happens, that's when that, that signals the, the day of the Lord, which that's when the judgment starts. That's when Jacob's trouble, that is when Israel's trouble starts. And that's when the 70th week starts, commences. So Philippians 1, 6, or no, what was I looking at? That's in, oh, 17, sorry. Philippians 1, 6. Says, and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring you to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Again, we're talking about when the rapture happens, we're talking about that as we're taken out of the way. This is what I'm doing right now is I'm distinguishing the day of Christ and the day of the Lord. The day of Christ is when the church is gone, the day of the Lord is when once the, they're gone, that's when all heck breaks loose. Uh, Philippians 2.16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Okay, 1 Corinthians 4 through 8, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. If it seems like I'm talking fast, I really am. Uh, I won't get through all this. <laughs> that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Even as a testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, <clears throat> excuse me, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, like I said, all I'm doing is making a reference to the distinguishing the two. Now, the day of the Lord, okay? The day of the Lord is, we're talking about the judge. This is when judgment happens, okay? Alas, and we're looking at Joel 1.15. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, excuse me, and as destruction from the Almighty, it comes. So you can, you can just now, just with one verse, you can see the difference between the day of Christ and the day of the Lord. Isaiah 13, 6, wail for the day of the Lord is near as destruction from the Almighty will come. Okay, Amos 5, 18, woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the, why, <clears throat> why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. Here's what I haven't said in a long time. Uh, Obadiah. Now, we had a friend, little kid, their son's name was Obadiah. I forgot what this nickname was. Obed, Obed, that was his name. Anyways, cool little kid. Anyways, sorry about that, uh, rabbit trail. Uh, For the day of the Lord is near upon all nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deed shall return on your own head. So starting to get the little flavor that the day of Christ is something to be looked forward to. The day of the Lord not so much. Uh, Joel, uh, let's see, verse 14. Joel 3, 14 through 16. 
Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdrew or withdraw their shining. Okay. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shake. But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. Okay. Again, it doesn't sound like a very fun time. Uh, all right, can you click me through? I got like a two minutes. Can you click me to 1 Thessalonians 5, 9? <clears throat> Excuse me. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So let me, let me go back real quick. Destined us for wrath, okay? God did not appoint us, many believers, and that is to the day of the Lord. There's a distinction between the, day, the, the coming of, of the day of Christ, which is, I believe, is the rapture, and the day of the Lord, which is the judgment period for the seven years. So I definitely see there's a difference there. Uh, God didn't put us. It's like Chuck Missler said, why would he... We won't see the Antichrist. Do we see the signs happening right now? We do see these signs. We do see the things happening in the earth or in the world right now. You just turn on the news. You can have Bible prophecy, have the Bible in one hand and have whatever news channel in the other. You're just like, wow. I was going to say newspaper, but I don't know if we still have newspapers anymore. Uh, and then I want to end with... Uh, I'll hold off. All I wanted to, this is just a little snippet of what I see the, the coming of the Antichrist. And do I see things in our country right now that is, we're head on down that path? Absolutely, I do. I see this stuff. And I'll, you can't turn on the news. You can't go down. You can't have a conversation. You can't say uh, I don't affirm something that is adamantly opposed to my belief. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And we can love our neighbors. We can love our family who are in that, in that deception. We can love them with all our hearts, our mind, and our soul but we can't go along with that. So with this, as we look at scripture and we see these things being revealed right before our eyes, with me, I look at it, Christ can come at any moment. So there is no better time than now to share our faith and, and warn our family and our friends of this coming destruction. Just like we told a family member of ours, it's like, hey, if you see my clothes in a pile one day uh, in my recliner, it's a joke, uh, don't take the mark. <laughs> Just don't do it. Don't take the mark. Okay, whatever you do, don't do it. Uh, I, I'm being funny about it, but at the same token, I'm being serious. And because of my belief that it will happen there's nothing stopping it from happening at any moment. 
And that's how I look at it. But anyways, another shameless plug. I will continue the study uh, on my podcast at Biblical Insights, Biblical Insights with Pastor Pat. You can find it on Spotify and other platforms. Uh, And with that, we will close in the word of prayer and get you guys out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. Uh, Again, Lord, uh, your word is perfect. We are not. And whatever I say behind this, this pulpit, whatever I say in public, whatever I say in private, whatever I say with a microphone in front of me, Lord, I just ask that it be with you, that I am in line with your word and I am aligning myself with your will, not the other way around. Lord, I just ask that you just give us strength uh, to proclaim your word. Uh, whatever your belief system, however you look at scripture, uh, no matter what we do, we've got to be strong. Whether we go through tribulation or not, we are going through tribulations right now, trials and tribulations. You said it was going to happen, and it happens. Lord, uh, I just ask that you just give us strength no matter what, whether we go through it or we don't. You just got to give us strength, and we look to you and you alone for the strength that we have. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Again, thank you for the people that we have that came out on a Sunday evening to listen to your word. Uh, And again, test all things. Like my pastor says, my rabbi says, test all things that we say, that I say against scripture. And uh, you are the final authority in everything that has to do with on the earth. We thank you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys.